Our scriptures today are from Psalm 23 and also Matthew chapter 11. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. And then these are the words of Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Hey, how's it going? How was vacation? Ugh. You know, I think I just need a vacation for my vacation. I'm so worn out. Does this exchange seem familiar to any of you all? It's, it's almost the exact exchange I had with a friend that arrived back from vacation recently. And honestly, I'm alarmed at the frequency of these types of responses. Sometimes when I arrive here in the morning on Sunday, I'm not going to name names, don't worry. Uh, but I'll ask somebody, how you doing? You refreshed? You ready to face the day? And the response is too often along these lines, nah, I'm tired. People, we have a problem. We don't know how to rest. And from my experience, I think the problem is even more profound. We don't even know what we mean by rest. Now, perhaps the first part of the problem is that we often assume that there is a simple cause and effect relationship associated with these sorts of things, right? I'm inactive, therefore I'm resting, okay? I eat, therefore I'm satisfied. I wish this were true when I diet. I'm never satisfied whenever I eat at all. But the same thing is real about going on vacation and rest. We assume that rest will be the inevitable result of going on vacation. And yet, as I found, and as I know most of you have felt, particularly those of you who travel with children, this is rarely the case. So what's the problem? Well, I think the next part of the problem is that we think that rest is something that happens to us. We think of rest as if it is a, a passive state. If we can just sit and if we can do something mindless, we tell ourselves all will be well. We'll feel rested. And that's rarely the case. And it's rarely the case because we have a, an upside down notion of how rest happens. Rest is active. It's not passive. It's something that we have to hedge in amidst the copious amounts of expectations and tasks in our daily lives. And rest is something that we should not be ashamed about. It's a human need. And it's a need that is reflected in our scripture. And as we'll discover together this morning, it's something rooted deep in our faith tradition. Now, in Psalm 23, we catch a glimpse of this need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. The verb in Hebrew for he makes me lie down implies that this lying down to rest is an active movement. It can also be interpreted, he makes me stretch out. 
And just to think about this in a physical way, in a literal way, we've kind of discovered this in modern day. There are entire industries built on stretching, right? Yoga, Pilates, uh, mobility stretching, fascia stretching, static stretching, and, and insert any corny video you have at home about stretching and breathing, right? We know we are tuned tight and we need to stretch out actively. But there are, there's a spiritual dimension to this active stretching. And Psalm 23 hints at that spiritual realm by suggesting that there is something innate, something inherent about our connection with the natural world right out there. If we had the screens open, you'd be able to see this beautiful thing. They open, don't worry if you've never been here before, they open at the end of service. But, but we need a setting by which we can actively stretch. Now, I hear it over and over again. I feel closer to God when I'm in nature. It's, it's the trees, it's the birds, it's the grass, it's the air. Ah, oh, there's just something about that, that that speaks to me. And in more ways than one, modern life, technology, industrialization, they've slowly shifted our proximity from, from that natural setting, the outdoors, to a more controlled setting, indoors. When we, as a species, were younger, we would spend hours together, enthralled by the simple glow of a fire. And we would gaze together at the lights that govern our night, the stars and the moon, and the great light that governs the day, the sun. And, and, we, and we would sit together uh, close to the earth on grass, and we would feel the, uh, we'd feel the breeze against our skins, and it would be a familiar feeling, a comforting feeling. But apart from the reality of our proximity to nature is the reality of how those settings cultivated our time together. How those specific elements connected us to one another. Folks, it's not a mystery why some families and friends, some groups of people long for those camping trips, for those moments in the great outdoors. Nature provides a natural setting for deep and meaningful interactions, long, sometimes aimless conversation, deep reflection with those to whom you are closest. In contrast, we now spend hours, well, we spend hours sort of isolated. And, and, and hear me on this, you can be in a group of people and be totally isolated. We spend hours isolated in front of the glow of an artificial screen. Right? Sitting on manufactured material, uh, having the air conditioned precisely to what makes us comfortable. Now don't get me wrong, particularly that last one, I really like, okay? But I want to emphasize the separateness that has resulted from these things. These customizations have meant that we don't tend to gather in the same meaningful ways. The words, he makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside still waters, 
they strike a different chord because we've experienced the reality of this separation. In a literal sense, we may feel a sense of longing for those green pastures, some nostalgia for the still waters, for the laughs, for the tears, for the words we might have shared together around the campfire under the stars. In essence, Psalm 23 tells us something fundamental about rest. There is a, there is a communal element associated with rest, which is part of our faith tradition. And it's fully identified and claimed in the Jewish understanding of the Sabbath. Now for the Jews, the concept of the Sabbath is rooted in the creation story. God works God creates for six days, and on the seventh day, God, it's okay, you can say it, you know the answer, everyone got it right, yeah, rest, all you biblical scholars out there, did I get it right? God rests from his work. The concept of rest in this scripture is quite literally rooted in intentional action not to work. And yet, for the Jews, it's much more than ritual. In the eyes of the practicing Jew, It is the space by which the believer imitates God's rhythm of work and rest. A day set apart for the believer to remember who they are in God, who they are to one another, being restored and refreshed by their imitation of God's rhythm of work and rest. Now, the Jews are sometimes caricatured for their intense focus on what the Sabbath means in their daily life. The many rules, no fire, no lights, no automobiles, no pain for things. But they have actively and intentionally created for themselves a day devoted to God and for their most intimate community, their space, their at home. And even a simple imitation of this concept would probably do the modern uh, life of the Christian good, right? One child at one sporting event, another child at another sporting event, with another child still maybe at music lessons, both parents working late, trying to make sure everyone's getting to the place that they're supposed to be. It would do us good. It would do us good to guard one day a week in which we devote time to God and the people we are closest to. Refreshed and restored by the right order of being with God and therefore being with one another. And it is precisely what we Christians tried to do with Sunday. Now here is where the radical break occurs though between the Jewish understanding of the Sabbath and the Christian understanding of the Sabbath. It's no mistake that the words we read today from Jesus come right before his proclamation that he, Jesus, is Lord of the Sabbath. Come to me, all you who are weary, all you who have heavy burdens, and I, I will give you rest. Jesus does imply something radical here. The implications of Jesus' words would be paradigm-altering for the Jewish understanding of the Sabbath and consequently 
God. The Christian notion of the Sabbath now centers around Jesus, the Good Shepherd. So rest is the active, rest is the intentional pursuit of reconnecting with our shepherd. And it centers on the activities of not working and dwelling with those closest to us. Let me say that one more time. Rest is the active, intentional pursuit of reconnecting with our shepherd Jesus that centers on the activities of not working and dwelling with those closest to us. Now, Psalm 23 is widely known as the comforting psalm. It is spoken aloud at funerals. In fact, it was the psalm